Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Good morning, Night City! Yesterday's body count lottery rounded out to a solid and sturdy 30. 10 out of Haywood. Thanks to the unabated gang wars, one officer down, so I guess you are all screwed! Because the NCPD will not let that go. Got another blackout in Santo Domingo. Netrunners are at it again, poking holes in the power grid. While over in Westbrook, trauma teams scraping cyber psycho victims off the pavement. And in Pacifica, well, Pacifica is still Pacifica. This has been your man, Sam. Join me for another day in our city of awful. In our city of awful. Welcome back to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty. Now, apparently, I have a thing for the numbers 146 and 149. Two episodes were listed as 146, and two were listed as 149. But as I was updating our calendar for future episodes and the numbers of all the podcasts on all the platforms, <laughs> I realized that what I thought was going to be episode 150 tonight is actually episode 152, which officially marks it as nine months of doing this podcast together. Yay! So the baby has now been born, and I expect child support. I want a DNA test. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I guess it's we haven't done this podcast only you and me. We've definitely had a lot of other guests on this show, so I guess it could be anyone. Realizes so, I've, I've been doing this show for much longer than the nine months that you and I have been doing it. Uh, oh, wait, as, oh, as a patron, the, yep, as a patron, you've been on this show longer. Oh, crazy. All right, so scream sheets. Last week, we did try to figure out where in real world America Night City would be located, but listener Johnny Mnemonic in the Robots Radio Discord has an eagle eye and a fantastic find. They said, 
I located Night City as Monterey Bay. In the rescue mission, I noticed that when you pull the scav chip from Sandra's port, that her map coordinates get broadcast to Trauma Team. So I put in I put it in Google Earth, and it came back just south of Watsonville. So I will include that link to the Google Earth in the show notes. And again, a special thanks to Johnny Mnemonic for the info. It's really cool that they flash real-world coordinates to where it actually is located at. I want, for some reason, I wanted to say Monterey Bay, but then, like, it just didn't sound right. I was just like, nah, mm-hmm. I guess I was right. We were, My bad. We were close with Moray Bay. But no, it's Monterey. Now, the topic for this week is a combo topic. The World News Service and how the media influences the history of cyberpunk. And we invited a special guest from the Mass Effect Lorecast, N7 Legend. You're listening to WNS, and this is a breaking news alert. I'm N7 Legend, and I'm taking over the cyberpunk lorecast. What's Nova Chooms? I hope I'm using cyberpunk lingo correctly. I feel like I'm 80 years old. You use Choom correctly, but I wouldn't say you use Nova, right? All right. Well, I'll work on it. (laughs) Now, why would we ask the Mass Effect guy to be on tonight's show? It's a great follow-up question. (laughs) That's a Nova question, Jen. That's the correct use of Nova. (laughs) Oh... For those of you who who don't know or you listen to my show and you're thinking, what the hell is he doing here? Uh, I actually have a background in journalism. So I've worked in a few newsrooms across the country and I've played through Cyberpunk a full playthrough once and I'm in the middle of my second playthrough. Uh, So I probably have some interesting input, I hope, to give this topic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Because you... We talked about you on an episode when we were talking about Noosa and the um, the way that the media interacts with people in Noosa. And I was like, Sam would definitely have thoughts on this. And so I hit you up and here we are. And now because of that, we wanted so there's a, quite a bit of information about how the media interacts with people in cyberpunk but not enough for like a full episode so i wanted to take a look at the actual world news service and then split the info between the three of us i have a i have a request real quick since we're doing this you know in the spirit of journalism uh could i ask toasty and genesis to deliver all of these lines as if you are a newscaster you want broadcast mode all right broadcast voice i'd love to hear it (laughs) At least I will do at least one paragraph in broadcast voice. I don't know if I can maintain it. This isn't in the show notes. I sprung this on them. You put me in a spot because the best news broadcast voice I have is like the commentator from Legend of Korra. Yes. (laughs) I'd still love to hear it. That's the first one that comes to mind. (laughs) Give me your best transatlantic accent. Oh, my God. Oh, God. The World News Service is a media corp reporting news from around the world based out of London, England. WNS keeps tabs on the world by any means possible. 
Newspapers and news stations around the world pay large amounts of money to receive WNS stories via the WorldSat Communications Network. WNS has more offices than most corporations, but most of these offices are fairly small and limited in function, intended to serve only as bases of operations for the operatives and reporters working in an area. It's actually pretty damn good, Toasty. <laughs> I was going to say, like, yes. Well I, heard, I saw Sam's face. Like, he did, like, a little, like, oh, whatever I did apart. And I was like, yes. <laughs> That's what you get. That's what you get from me. <laughs> the small offices that WNS has are basically just rooms with a few small provisions, one resident agent, and a telecom terminal linked to the nearest regional office. Few competitors can match WNS's information gathering capabilities, and WNS ensures that it remains at the forefront, not only through legitimate means, but also through spying espionage, sabotage, and illegal snooping of all sorts. You're listening to WNS, and this is a breaking news alert. I'm in Seven Legends, and I'm taking over the Cyberpunk Lorecast. No, not really. Uh, but WNS does not run any of its stations on its own, choosing instead to broker its information to the highest bidder. There's no shortage of buyers either, as ratings-hungry broadcasters like myself will fork over millions of eddies for exclusive rights to juicy stories and the presentation packages containing WNS's videos, write-ups, and commentaries. You want to be a star, don't you? <laughs> Oh, okay. I am loving this, by the way. And I don't think that I can maintain the voice the whole time, but I'll at least try to make it a little more broadcasty. Does do you want to talk about the early history of WNS? I do, but I don't think I'm going to be able to hold this accent. So you're getting regular old toasty. <laughs> because uh, trying to do that first paragraph, we spent two minutes of me laughing at myself. Uh, WNS was founded in London, England, and began as a relatively modest computer wire service delivering news on demand across the broadband in the first few years of the 21st century. From that came the early WNS policy of providing news to other broadcasting agencies and not owning a broadcast channel itself. It seems really odd. Like you think of a news station and you think that it has its own broadcasting channel. Like, that's just odd. But I guess it's a new way to start. I mean, they're the World News Service. They're providing a worldwide news service to news broadcasters. It makes sense. Do you think there was any incident that, like, spawned WNS's rise? Like, for example, CNN became well-known for its 24-hour news cycle Partially thanks to its coverage of the O.J. Simpson uh, white bronco chase. No, I mean, absolutely. Um, I, so we'll get to this a little bit later, but they did have a lot to do with the 24-hour service as well. And I'm about to cover. Um, it's funny you should mention CNN. That is what we call um, an anchor stealing the lead. Oh, dang. Oops. He's so good at this. 
All right. Now, WNS's initial growth in the United States was slow. Other companies, such as Warner Turner CNN and the Gannett newspaper Empire, controlled much of the American international news traffic. And the BBC was still the dominating international organization. WNS used a combination of superb reporting and information gathering and a modern corporate ruthlessness to consolidate its position. WNS developed and implemented the best and most modern news gathering system on the planet, incorporating new technologies into its ENG, or electronic news gathering, and studio systems. The technological edge, along with superb talent recruitment and corporate management, allowed WNS to grow at an unprecedented rate, outstripping all other international news agencies in size and prestige by 2010. WNS still faced competition from CNN and British World Services, formerly known as BBC World Service, but after a 20-year history, it stood unchallenged as the world's top news gathering service. So I have to assume, but I'm not familiar with it, but I have to assume that it's like a real newspaper um, because, you know, they're using CNN and BBC as things. Is, are you familiar with the Gannett newspaper, Sam? Yeah, I am. I actually used to work for them. Uh, so it's kind of a funny coincidence that this comes up. Yeah. They, so Gannett, it's pronounced Gannett, they own a lot of newspapers throughout the entire country uh, right now. And although print news is struggling in our current world, they still owned a lot. They went actually while I was working for them, they went through a very large buyout uh, by Alden Media Group, if I remember right. And that's uh, Alden Media Group was owned by a hedge fund. So this and this works into cyberpunk, trust me. Uh, a hedge fund had effectively bought up all of these different newsrooms across the country. And they do it because they see a way to make a profit from it. Because if they didn't, hedge funds wouldn't be interested. So the way that they turn a quick profit on a lot of these newsrooms, and it's no secret, is they buy them, and then they gut them. And they still have a product, but they have maybe one, one half, one fourth, one eighth of the staff. And of course, for the, 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 for the people in the newsrooms, that doesn't make life easy. It makes it life much harder. And of course, for the people who are laid off, it's very demoralizing. Uh, but they're still putting out a product and they're still able to sell advertising space. So they are effectively lower. They are increasing revenue by slashing operating costs is what they're doing. And it looks like with the hyper consolidation of media in cyberpunk that probably happened in this universe as well which is interesting because the whole this whole universe was really crafted in what the 70s or 80s early 90s early yeah. 90s i think, like, eight, like, I, think I don't know about this stuff specifically um but like the first it, like edition of cyberpunk was like in the 80s it was like 85 but I don't know if this was established yet because I think – I don't remember what the first – it was like Cyberpunk 2012, I think. Mm -hmm. I think. So this would have been, yeah, probably the 90s for this kind of information. So that's kind of impressive. Um, 
because it would mean that the lore writers were well attuned to what was already going on in newsrooms at the time, but were also quite prescient about what it was going to be like in 20 or 30 years. Because a lot of these newsrooms didn't get severely gutted until the early aughts uh, or the, you know, the 2010s. So in the early 90s, print news was still doing very well, but with the internet uh, bubble and with the advent of the internet, news all of a sudden became free for a lot of people, or, or at least Reader's Digest versions of news. And when news became free, it threatened a lot of newspapers that heavily relied on local subscriptions. Uh, so I'm sure that some of the people who wrote the lore for this understood and they saw the writing on the wall. Maybe some of them even came from journalism backgrounds. Uh, but they probably saw that writing on the wall and then thought, how do we extrapolate this to this uh, corporatocracy kind of future that we're building? And I think they did a, a pretty good job. And this is one of the, the points that I think is sadly accurate about how the world is trending right now with news. Uh, uh, and it's, it's regrettable. In, and I want, I want listeners to understand that this is not something that journalists are happy about. A lot of these decisions that affect the quality of news and the amount of staff that any given newsroom has, they're not up to the journalists. They're up to the business guys. And it's hard for us to tell people this in our official capacity because it's inherently biased. We are impartial if it's happening to our own newsroom. And, of course, you can't report it if it's happening to your own newsroom because it's like airing your company's dirty laundry in public. Who's going to report on it? The competition? Well, maybe... But if the comp if you're in a local market and the competition reports on troubles inside your own newsroom because of your corporate leadership, well, then that other corporate leadership is going to look at that and say, "Are you sure you want to go there?" So, it's a whole slew of different um, issues, and that's that's not nearly a comprehensive explanation, but it fits into this dystopian future about how news is depicted in cyberpunk pretty well. No, and I really appreciate uh, the insight that you have on all this stuff, because a lot of people wouldn't be able to hear things like this um, unless you know somebody who is going through it. So very much appreciate you coming on to be able to give that much background knowledge on things. Moving on to 2010, WNS alongside Arasaka, EBM, and WorldSat, as well as Triad Forces, repelled the invasion of the MLC on Hong Kong. They found themselves successful after three years, and WNS, alongside the other corporations, took control of sections of the city. They secured and owned Quarry Bay and North Point, where they built new residential living areas and new offices for their operations in Hong Kong to continue. This is interesting to me because it, it <laughs> to hear that a news service has the kind of capital and the kind of um, prerogative to even control sections of a city and to own a bay and North Point so that they can set up some kind of weird Microsoft, Amazon-esque kind of campus for their operations, for and, and to call it operations, in Hong Kong. It almost sounds like it's like a privatized version of the CIA. It, it's odd. Well, like, generally, like, if a thing, like, a thing in Cyberpunk gets considered um, a corporation, it usually starts adding in 
like systems of like military force into their their like group so like they probably have this like kind of level of like militant uh with you know their their focus on these things but they're still like a corporation in the same way as the other like the other corporations are that you're probably more familiar with from 2077 I mean, yes, and, and we already mentioned, you know, spying, espionage, sabotage, and illegal snooping. These are all things that, of course, like break every code of of ethics for journalists. There is in in the Western free press. Um, so, in that respect, it's already different. Uh, but like the whole, um, if you're carrying out things like that from offices where your own company owns the land around it. Um, Good luck standing up to your editor if they ask you to do something unethical in your story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you're already doing not nice things, it would be really difficult to take a moral stand on something. The amount of compromise that they could have on all of their own quote unquote journalists would be insane. Ah, okay. So in 2013, the early WNS policy went by the wayside, and WNS constructed a total of 10 24-hour satellite news channels, in addition to continuing print and computer distribution networks. They also continued to sell stories and news gathering services to other broadcast and media organizations, including both Net54 and DMS. And I don't think that we have any additional information on those two companies. I assume they're just other medias. Uh, Net54 is like, I think, the primary one in the U.S. Mm. Uh, I think that's like, when we get to talking about how like the the NUSA uses the propaganda and stuff uh, in the second half, like this, they do this mostly through Net54. Oh, okay. So this is this is like hyper hyper consolidation of the news media industry. I mean, how many companies is it that's really controlling pretty much all of the news that people hear? Yeah, it gets really scary. Um, I remember we've talked about a couple of different countries where even like WNS isn't allowed there um, because it's too it's too much information. And there are like they only allow the news that is controlled. They only allow the very, very controlled news in the area. And that's also scary. That's something that we like to call controlling the narrative in mm-hmm. in our industry. And uh, whenever you it's typical with government agencies that they like to control narratives, but corporations do it, too. Um, and I think any journalist in our own world worth their weight in salt will um, have a red alert kind of uh, uh, go off in their head when they hear that someone's trying to control a narrative because it's code. It's code for lying to you. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to get your opinion on this, some of this stuff because it's... Speaking this of... Is, this is corrupt. This is the most corrupt. Speaking of corruption, doom and gloom... And controlling a narrative in 2020, 
WNS stood as the world's top news gathering and broadcasting organization. In change from its early days of operation, WNS now had eight satellite network channels of its own, as well as selling video news to other channels and distributors. The network was also still active in computer and print news, as well as spot news, features, panel shows, interview shows, specials, and other broadcast material for use on WNS channels or for sale to third parties. So it's interesting that they're doing B2B work as well. Yeah, that that was a big part of it, broadcast to broadcast, like the them selling their news stories to other corp to the other networks so that way their version of the news is the one that's out there the most. There are some services like that in our own world. And in fact, if a lot of people have heard of a company called Sinclair Broadcast Group, they own a lot of different local TV news outlets across the United States and they will share news with each other. So it, it let's say that a breaking news situation happens in Miami and it's big enough news that it's making national news, but a different Sinclair broadcast network station in Oregon uh, wants to report on the news. Well, they might ask the reporter, the, the corporation might ask the reporter in Miami to file another version of the same report for their own station, but they'll fire, file a different version of that report using a different what we call lockout. So they'll say their name, and then they'll say for, you know, blah, 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 the corporate news channel. And then the corporate news channel version of that report will go to the station in Oregon. And then the station in Oregon will run it. And and I've heard from some people that I've uh, not worked with, but worked, you know, alongside uh, before. They've worked for other stations that uh, corporate, the corporate news channels would want a very specific spin on the news and Sinclair broadcast group has been has been guilty of of that they've been uh under a lot of scrutiny for the past and it's not to say that the other news conglomerates are not guilty of it as well but from from what i've heard inside newsrooms Sinclair broadcast group uh has made a name for itself in in doing such a thing as well as um running things that are really sponsored content, but promoting them as news. There's also a company called Storyful, which some people may have heard about. Storyful, um, it doesn't produce full news segments that I know of. Uh, but what it does is it it gathers content, like video content. Let's say a tornado touches down in Oklahoma, and there's people on, you know, just normal, everyday people who are in their neighborhoods they the dad goes out to the porch to watch a storm and takes a video of it on his phone maybe post it to social media someone from storyful might reach out to that person and say hey that's an amazing video can we pay you like 50 bucks for that or can we just have it and can we credit you if we put it on our distribution platform and they'll say uh sure and then if they say, sure, the video goes to Storyful. Storyful now owns the rights to that video. And from there, Storyful will market that video to different newsrooms across the country who want who want the video of this tornado that might be hundreds and hundreds of miles away from them. And so they couldn't get a photographer there in time. But now they have the video to use. Damn. So that happens in our real world. Um, but it's... 
it's highly efficient and it's not always this very dystopian corporate um view that cyberpunk has on it well at least for the story for like it like i can see where that would actually still be like incredibly useful so that people like can have i guess if you're like millions or hundreds of miles away or whatever like do you need the story on the tornado right away but like i can understand it's all it's a competition right so like and it's urgency yeah so yeah and it's it's storyful is international too so if something's happening in hong kong we mentioned hong kong hong kong i know storyful has offices there and uh they will gather content from you know uh, grassroots, just, you know, people taking videos on their phone and put it up for, uh, distribution to other news networks. But do they own the land around those offices though? Is the real question. <laughs> that, I don't know. I can't speak. I can't speak to Storyful's capital capacity like that. Fair enough. Uh, I'm getting into 2077, um, which you'll be most familiar playing. Have you paid? I actually want to just ask like, how much attention have you paid to like just how this kind of stuff is presented when you play through 2077? Like um, it's news broadcasts, ads, everything. Yeah, it's it all, is ads. all ads. Um, even the news is all ads. Um, and the things in 2077 that they call news programs are like E. They're like E news. You know, I don't know if anyone ever watched entertainment news, you know, but like mm-hmm. extra, extra. Mm. That's like the newsiest that they get. That's there is no Watergate reporting that I saw in 2077. There is one mission that you do uh, that I guess we can talk about a little bit later. Um, but uh, there's really no like hard hitting investigative journalism, because I'm guessing in 2077, any journalist who's willing to go there is probably going to find themselves at the bottom of the river. Yeah. That's fair. That's entirely fair. No, I think those specific, the ones that like the news broadcasts that actually like have like information in them, I think are specifically the loading screens. Like, like the one at the beginning when she's talking about the aircraft or the Arasaka carrier or whatever out in the bay. And then there's other points where like after you hit major story arcs, you get a little bit of like a this thing happened, you know, here. In, in terms of like news gathering and staying truly informed about the world in 2077, what I found to be the most useful uh, resource wasn't the news stations that are in the game or any of that it was the notes that are left around the shards because they're they're primary sources and inherently biased but once you gather enough of them you get a clearer picture of what's going on uh, well as for WNS in 2077 there's still one of the world's top broadcasting services with locations in nearly every country in the new United States, WNS is also one of the two main channels. It has a noticeable pro Arasaka bias as opposed to its rival in 54 being pro Militech. So, yeah, I was right on that earlier with N54 being the, the NUSA station, essentially. WNS holds a news program that occurs daily, as well as a variety of shows such as InfoFlash, Your Business is My Business, Guns and Horses, and the hit TV series Watson Whore. Can we talk about Guns and Horses for a second and how much it sounds exactly like the Bounty Hunter show from Cowboy Bebop? I'm not familiar with Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> oh, well. Never mind. So I haven't watched that one, but Guns and Horses, I'm like, 
we don't see horses in cyberpunk what what is it referring to horses are all gone i mean there's the one the one specific uh like mission you do for um the voodoo boys where you go after the um the netwatch guy Mm-hmm. he's like in a movie theater like in the the booth oh. and there's like a cowboy movie playing or maybe i don't know i don't know if there's guns and horses maybe no it was horses and guns it was horses fair enough so uh but that's the only time i can think of seeing horses in cyberpunk is that movie specifically or sorry move mover i don't know can they call it something different in cyberpunk it's not a movie oh okay i don't know uh, so also in Night City, WNS maintained a small broadcast center in Watson's Northside Industrial District. Nellie Bly worked as an anchor while Max Jones was an investigative journalist. Now, the center was closed down between 2074 and 77. And Jones eventually returned to the abandoned building and occupied it while he ran the independent news website NC Inquirer. The local anchor of the WNS Night City is Arif Iqbal, or the news anchor that presents in the load sequence post-parade crash. I've heard that name so many times. I can't do the voice, though. Yeah, and then Nellie Bly is the the one I mentioned earlier when she talks about the aircraft, or the, the Arasaka carrier, Kujira, yeah. or the whale. I hope the fishermen don't harpoon it. Yeah, that's that's Millie. <laughs> now, Arif Iqbal is not the same anchor that does the main menu startup screen, right? Oh, mm-hmm. he yeah, is. it is. Okay, yeah. I, I After I had played 2077 for a while, I actually gained an affinity for emulating him um, and his delivery. And if I can bring up uh, his script from the main menu... Uh, I can try it. One second. Is it the Good Morning Night City? Yesterday's body count, something like that. Is it yeah, that one? Yeah, yeah, it's it's that one. I think. Um, count lottery rounded out to a solid thirty. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, um, that's not Arif though. I don't oh, think. I don't think that one's Arif then. Well, this is a moot point then. <laughs> Fair enough. But who is this person? Because we need to know. Who's this mystery news anchor? Arasaka float was rated and Hanako something he said something about Hanako and the Arasaka float and um, I'm Arif Iqbal and so on tonight's news something something well first of all the good morning night city is of course a reference to good morning Vietnam where Robin Williams is playing a radio broadcaster among other things uh all right i can i can try and uh emulate this good morning night city yesterday's body count lottery rounded out to a solid and sturdy 30 10 out of haywood thanks to the unabated gang wars one officer down, so I guess you are all screwed. Because the NCPD will not let that go. 
Got another blackout in Santo Domingo. Netrunners are at it again, poking holes in the power grid. While over in Westbrook, trauma teams scraping cyber psycho victims off the pavement. And in Pacifica, well, Pacifica is still Pacifica. This has been your man, Sam. Join me for another day in our city of awful. In our city of awful. I love that so much. Oh. <laughs> oh god oh god that is so good part of the reason WNS soared to the top was because it worked with new technological innovations to find ways to bring new products to the market WNS made sure that it had a strong presence in television and print news where it acted as a content supplier for other broadcasters and printers. With the advent of broadband networks, the redesign of the internet that allowed high bandwidth data such as video on demand and fully interactive VR, WNS introduced the World Broadband News Network or WBNN, a fully interactive video on demand news service accessible over the internet. This still exists Exists as a companion service to WNS's other news services. This is particularly funny because if anyone's aware of what CNN tried to do with its recent uh, venture that totally went awry, it well, I'll, I'll just spare you the details. It it ended up being a completely ill like ill fated venture. I'll put it that way. It was an app, I believe, or a website or some kind of video on demand news service that they were trying to pull uh and for the life of me i can't remember the name of it now uh but i i want to say that it was cbs news or cnn news now right that's what it was called how how could i forget it was called cnn plus so cnn plus Yes. So CNN tried to pioneer something a little bit similar to what WNS was talking about with their video on demand news service. CNN actually tried it in 2022. It was CNN Plus, and it was a subscription based short, it was very short lived, uh, and it was subscription streaming service and an online news channel. And it didn't live very long, but it looks like WNS did a much better job at making this a viable business strategy. Fully interactive VR, sign me up. With some of the stories that I've reported before, I don't think our, you know, readers or listeners or watchers would want to have a fully interactive VR. And if you do, I think something's wrong with you. <laughs> There's a lot of people that are like messed up in this universe. You keep in mind that we get into brain dances and one of the most desired brain dances that people can get are the snuff ones where you experience yourself dying violently. And that's what people like. <laughs> so, How about this? Because, th okay, so here's a very real element of what it's like to be a field reporter. You have to be outstanding in breaking news situations, often for hours and hours on end, and you can't leave not even walk away for a second because you'd never know when another development might happen like that. And what that means is you often really got to shit. <laughs> you got to, you got to go to the bathroom really bad. So I'm wondering in these brain dances, does that mean that the person would also feel like I'm terrified, but man, I got, I suddenly have to shit really bad. Yeah, what, what is this about? That, you know what? I can I can see that. That's fair enough.
the, the brain dance would come with a disclaimer. This journalist was on hour five of his breaking news shift and, and wasn't allowed to go to the bathroom. Oh, so, that's you know, horrible. Before you look at Cyberpunk 2077 as, man, it'd be cool to live there. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that would be a very fun experience for a brain dance. Not what the snuff people are after either. Yeah, fair enough. WNS also pioneered other areas of new technologies in news gathering. While other news organizations were still using bulky, hard-to-conceal mini-cams in all situations, WNS was experimenting with stealth reporters using experimental cyber-optic cameras for times when journalists were at risk. WNS also was the first organization to outfit all field reporters with portable broadband satellite systems so that video could be shot straight to hard disk or flash RAM, downloaded to a laptop editing deck, and then the finished product transmitted to the regional or home office via the satellite uplink built into the deck. I think that's really cool. And I mean, the fact that we are now at that point where you can use like little miniature spy cams or really high quality uh, microphones that are very small and then so shot straight to a hard disk or flash ram i was like well flash ram doesn't make sense to me in my brain but you think of the time that this was written and of course that's what they're gonna assume is the future mike pondsmith invented the fucking flash drive before it was even a thing well what's really interesting about this is that it kind of it's basically trying to say that tv news crews don't need an entire truck anymore and Mm -hmm. we don't you know that's it's not something that they need at all uh in fact you could get by with just your cell phone now Mm -hmm. it's it's not pleasant but theoretically you could just shoot an entire tv news package if you had like a mic edition uh, that you could plug into your phone uh, and then edit it on your phone and then you could just file transfer it back to the station it wouldn't be the same level of quality but you definitely could get it get the job done you'd be surprised at the level of quality that phones can can do even with that yeah i think my phone can like at least like take videos in like 1440 so so i was about to make a, a comment about like I'm sure that this brings up like all kinds of like ethical concerns, but then I read the next line of, or the first line of the next paragraph. I guess we're about to get there. Yep. So speaking of that, this also improved WNS's ability to orchestrate and manipulate live shots. Yay. With WNS reporters able to get shots in situations where journalists from other services were simply unable to manipulate their equipment. All services began using the techniques pioneered by WNS, but none of them had quite caught up. WNS remained one step ahead of the competition. This is WNS putting their journalists in the center of harm's way. Um, Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's not unheard of. Like, 
for news stations, it, it largely depends on the news director. Uh, thankfully, I've never worked somewhere like that, but it largely depends on the news director on how much they're willing to compromise the potential safety of their journalists. In 2020, with the uh, riots after George, George Floyd's death, there were a lot of protests and riots and situations in which journalists had to really scale back as well as because violence against the press has been trending upward very fast in the United States uh, to the point where some journalists uh, didn't even want to be close to the riot to do a live shot because it's very obvious when you're doing a live shot that there are lights on you, you got the camera in front of you, you have the mic in front of you, and it makes you a target uh, for some deranged people. Uh, so in one in one sense, I can see this ability to do stealth journalism as a way to preserve the safety of the journalist, but it depends on how hard that news director is willing to push and say, well, now you can be stealthy. Now you can really get in the middle of it. That's not, yeah. that's not going to be good for the journalist. That's more in the line of what they were going with. Definitely. That's what it seems, yeah. So we also were talking about brain dances. Well, WNS also started experimenting with news by brain dance, particularly for corporate and high-end customers who want to get the maximum exposure to an event. So several key WNS reporters had been outfitted with brain dance recording gear and were sent into hot news zones to get right into the thick of the story. Recorded brain dance material was combined with editing, VR graphics, and voiceover to create what WNS terms an immersive news experience. <laughs> These services were able to select to a select high-paying population in the mid-2010s. I actually think that might be good for the general public understanding what it's like to be a journalist. Because a lot of people in our own world don't understand just what we do and what we have to go through and all of the work that goes into one story. And maybe that level of exposure would help people understand. But there's also certain things that I've witnessed in the field that I, I, don't, I don't really want anyone else to have to witness. And that is why I'll use my editorial judgment and leave out gruesome details. Because do people really need to know that to know the news? Or am I just disturbing people at, that, at one point? And so those are, that's just one of the ethical debates that every journalist has in their mind uh, when they're live. The thing is with this, I have to imagine one because like, I don't think they're actually providing an authentic news experience here. Because, I mean, it's going to, I think because of just the way cyberpunk is, this kind of thing would be highly edited. Obviously, they're adding VR graphics to it and voiceover. Like, I mean, uh, I'm sure that they're going to edit out the parts that aren't exciting. And they're definitely keeping in all the gruesome details because this is the stuff that people in the cyberpunk universe live for. Um, I, so I have to imagine it's like, it's, it's just a very flashy like brain dance of like the highlight moments of this this the stuff this news person was able to experience at the moment i also want to think and hope that there are the news stories and the immersive experiences for the good things in cyberpunk. Like for me, when I first read this about maximum, maximum exposure to an event and an immersive experience, I was like, 
I would love to have that feeling of like Johnny Silverhand headlines again with Samurai at the Megaplex or whatever. And it's like, that's one of the stories that would be covered in an entertainment portion of the news. And so that's a brain dance I would want to experience. Yeah, and for sure, I think everyone would. But the thing is, is about like, you know, with the rocker boy culture and everything is that it's not just going to a concert. It's a political movement combined with some sometimes really violent acts that are like happening in them. Like, I know this isn't like an official thing, but I think it files in line with the spirit of cyberpunk in, you know, my own personal cyberpunk red game. We started off a like new campaign at a rocker boy concert where they had a corpo uh, dissolved in an acid tank like in the middle of the crowd and that was the rocker boy like that that was the experience of a con and i think that that probably happens a lot because rocker boy culture can sometimes be violent political action i mean what was the last uh, samurai concert what did it turn into a raid on arasaka tower so we also saw the concert where johnny shot into the crowd yeah I would just like to point out that the textbook definition of terrorism is using violence for a political ends. Uh, so, rock, I mean, rocker boys, a lot of them could be perceived as terrorists. For sure. Johnny Silverhand was one. And we, we put call him up him on that. such a, Yeah, he's on a high pedestal, and he's supposed to be the best of the best. WNS also bolstered its position by recruiting top talent. WNS has top reporters, writers, and producers, as well as some of the most visible international anchors in the world. All the technology in the world would have been worthless without brainy, courageous, aggressive reporters to use it who are willing to put themselves into situations worth covering, aka in the thick of the most dangerous things. Uh, WNS still prides itself on the best news gathering staff in the world. That reads like a job listing. Yep. <laughs> That's what that reads like. Cyberpunk is propaganda. <laughs> and, yeah, I was going to say, if I read this in a job listing, replace WNS with whatever, you know, uh, company's name there is. If I read... <laughs> All the technology in the world would have been worthless without brainy, courageous, aggressive reporters to use it who are willing to put themselves into situations worth covering. I would never apply to that job. Yes. Yep. That tells me they're going to drop me in the middle of a war zone with no help whatsoever. And then they're going to say, and we want 10 reports by the end of the hour. Bye. That's exactly what WNS does. <laughs> The trade-off is that executive and sales positions are not as prestigious as they are at other media corporations and often take a backseat to the journalism jobs in terms of glamour and prestige. So that's why you got into the game, right, Sam? It's glamour and prestige? That's why I went into journalism. That's why I make the medium bucks. <laughs> because of that. Recruiting the best executives was often difficult, as young executives are often attracted by the flashier but shallower news departments of DMS and Net54, where executive opportunities are better. To put this in a different industry to get people to understand the comparison and how ridiculous it is to our real world, 
Um, it would be like saying the trade-off is that superintendents and principals are not as prestigious as they are at other schools and often take a back seat to the teaching jobs in terms of glamour and prestige. Yeah, everyone wants to be a teacher. No one likes that, you know, administrative pay, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I, I have nothing on that one. <laughs> I mean, I, I can I could see it. The same thing with my company. Nobody wants to be a, a top store leader. They want to they want the glamour and prestige of being on the ground floor with the customers. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. well, commercial news is kind of similar to the music or the television industry in that, yes, the reporters and the anchors in a bigger market are going to be the face. They're going to get a lot more of the attention, but they're not calling the shots. Unless maybe it's an anchor who's been there for decades and decades and you get some some pull that way. But at the end of the day, it's a lot more like the music and, and film industry because those people have agents. And in this comparison, the agents are really the news director or the news director's boss or that boss's boss. And they might not get the attention, but they get paid a lot better and they get a lot better benefits. I wonder if it's like just the the concept of like money. I don't want to say it doesn't really matter in cyberpunk because it does, obviously. But like as we were talking about like a few episodes back about like the pricing and how things are and like the cost of things in cyberpunk, like sometimes having these executive jobs really doesn't make much of a difference anyways because of how expensive shit is. Um, and so they'd rather just have like the short-lived, uh, you know, opportunity to be like the face of something, and then go out like in that pseudo blaze of glory. Blaze of glory, V. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because that's <laughs> yeah. that is. I mean, that's kind of one of the big things we learn, right? With with cyberpunk, is that it's like you know, it, it, in the words of Lucy from Edge Runners, you don't make a living by how like how you live. You it's by how you die and like being something like this, you either, you know, become famous off of doing like the big story and the, like with the level of danger that was involved with it. And you get to go on and do another one or you die in that moment, but everyone knows it was you. <laughs> and it seems like WNS is all too eager to take advantage of that uh, desire, maybe from some of its staff because they didn't just rely on technology and talent to secure their position. They also co-opted the new way of exploiting the shit out of your workforce, the cyberpunk corporate ethic. Uh, in the face of daunting opposition from established news agencies, nonetheless, in its first decade, WNS was not above spying, cheating, deception, espionage, and outright violence. To get, sorry, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Anchorman, uh, like, like street news team battle yes. that's what it kind of feels ron like. burgundy <laughs> where did you get a hand grenade i don't know uh, <laughs> that one was awesome yeah brick brick killed a man with a with a trident uh, <laughs> i love that movie actually okay some fun facts everyone well not everyone a lot of people in journalism love anchorman because it's like a parody of what we do. And there's a lot more accurate about it than there is inaccurate about it. So it's it's pretty funny. But <laughs> moving on. Outright violence to get the best stories 
and throw other news agencies off the trail or maybe into a meat grinder. Uh, WNS used these strategies overtly until it had constant consolidated its market share by around 2011. Then it became more concerned with image. It toned down its black ops and espionage considerably and instead focused on criticizing the president for wearing a tan suit. <laughs> it still engages in them, but far less often and with a far lower profile than it used to. The largest black ops section at WNS is concerned with planting moles in other media corporations and news outfits so it can get the inside scoop on stories and features that are being developed by competitors. Now, that's some spicy corporate espionage right there. I'm wondering, like, very specifically, like, did... Do they like the moles that are planted in like, you know, let's say net 54, because that's kind of like their big like rival, right? Like they have people in WNS working there that are leaking the exclusives that the very few exclusives that net 54 can manage to have. And like, do you think that they just straight up like turn it back to them? And they're like, Hey, pay us for this information and we won't, send it to everyone else <laughs> or do they just send it to everyone else before net 54 can or both they probably do both actually <laughs> i was gonna There's say probably moments of both <laughs> yeah extortion but you've already secured the outcome anyway that sounds very cyberpunk to me it's been really enlightening information and Again, Sam, I really want to thank you for coming on and giving us all this additional information. Uh, so I think right now is a good idea for us to take a quick little mid-break before we come back. And I would really want to ask you some of the questions that I have about uh, the media that we've interacted with. Uh, we've had some talk about the media in in relation to the Gang of Four in Japan and Korea and specifically more in Noosa. So let's go to the mid-break. Well, welcome to the mid-break. I bet you weren't expecting to hear my voice. Uh, the part of the show where we talk about the show itself and nothing about the lore of cyberpunk. Is that the tagline? Is that the tagline for the mid Okay, cool. I don't do this very often. Um, so why are you doing it this week, Toasty? Um, because I made a bet and I lost. Um, and we don't have to expand. Uh but anyways, uh, we don't have any new patrons, but we still like to give our thanks uh, and love out to our 12 patrons. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, and we also don't have any new reviews, but if you want to support the show, uh, you can leave us a five-star review on App uh, Apple, or you can give us a five-star rating on Spotify and leave or leave comments under the episodes um uh and if you do and you happen to play the cyberpunk tabletop rpg uh then your dm will owe you 10 ip per j gray we don't make the rules but he literally does so cook go cash them in and another way that you can support the show is by going to uh fanrolldice.com and using the code uh, CPLC Cyberpunk Lorecast 
uh, along with any purchases, and you can stack it uh, with the code AlmightyC10 for a grand total of how much percent? On, how much percent off? It's ten percent off with each code, so a grand total of twenty. For a grand total of twenty percent off your purchase, ten percent for each one. Uh, God, this is horrible, and I still have to do what, like four more of these fucking things in the following weeks. This is great. Um, but yeah, that's about it for the middle of the show. You got anything to add, Sam? You nailed it. Thanks. I appreciate it. Let's get on with the show. I'm so bad at mid breaks, bro. I'm sorry. I do have something to say. What's up? Oh, brother, this guy stinks. Respectable. Leave it in. <laughs> Edit it right after I ask him if he has anything to say. That was good. Oh, fuck. Okay, listener, remember at the top of the show how I said that there wasn't enough information to cover both the WNS and the questions that we had for Sam? Well, turns out that was a lie. I apologize, but we had an amazing conversation with n7 legend for the rest of the night our original recording for this episode was over two hours long and a lot of really really good information came from it uh so we decided to split this into two so you have just heard from n7 the legend from toasty and myself having a great conversation about the news network um next week is going to be an interview with jay gray and then the week after that we will be putting out part two of the media and news within cyberpunk uh, so please come back and join us next week and the week after that for part two i'll do a quick little shout out and plugs at the end here if you would like to hear more from me you can uh, listen to the two girls one ship podcast where we analyze rate and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer toasty is a co-host on the witcher lore cast where they talk everything related to witcher and also on cyberpunk cyberpunk apostrophe d the live play podcast where they play cyberpunk red the ttrpg n7 the legend can be found on the mass effect lorecast and streaming on twitch uh at n7 the legend so please go find all of us out there on the internets and join us in the conversations uh, we can also all three of us be found on the robots radio discord as well and of course, we shout out Miracle of Sound at the end of every episode, uh, allowing his music to be used. We use clips and snips from Neon Red, the instrumental version. All right. While you're out there, stay safe in Night City.
When a wasteland detective and a vault girl cross paths, no criminal is safe. You're both under arrest. Don't move a muscle if you know what's good for you. Based in Bethesda's Fallout series, follow Walter and Bunny as they traverse the Texas Commonwealth and New Vegas, busting big crime rings. We'll need all we can to expand into Vegas territory. And surviving anything the wasteland can throw at them. It's him! It's the Mothman! Featuring a series of nail-biting narratives and guest stars from across the Fallout community. It's anybody's guess what thrilling case is up next. War never changes, does it, Bonnie? No, it certainly does not. True Vault Escapades, a Fallout audio drama. Available anywhere you get podcasts. Podcasts.